Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Tucker Bride, and today John Ben Sankel and two special guests, Ben Solid and Connor Grant, join us on today's pod for a special look back at life at Evans Academy, uh, leaving the football club and forging careers. Uh, in the Football League and many stories in between. And for a little bit of context, uh, Sam obviously is on the pod today because Sam came through uh, for a number of years with the lads at Everton, so many stories uh, to tell and share, hopefully on uh, some good times at the club. Um, but before we go back uh, and, and look back at uh, where it all began at, at the club and, and and do that, it's probably probably good for the listeners just to get an idea, lads, of, of where you, you both are now and, what, and where your careers are up to. Um, ben, who are you playing for now, pal? And, and, and um, how's, how's the season gone anyway, just before uh, the suspension? Yeah, no, it was all right. I started the season at Blackpool and then finished the, finished the season at Macclesfield just, just till the end of the season. So just waiting to find out really what's, what's happening next. Like, obviously, teams are waiting to hear about this salary cap and player cap things so um, just waiting for all that to, to be sorted really Connor where have you where have you been at me? I've been at Plymouth Argyle for the last two seasons now luckily just had a promotion back to League One so the first year was a relegation this year was a promotion so it was a bit of a, a positive on this one but yeah it has been just can't wait to get back and looking forward to it Absolutely Right, well, let's, let's let's go back to the start then. And, um, I mean, Ben, we'll come back to you. Um, how, how, old, how old were you when you when you first were picked up by Everton? Who were you playing for? You know, what, what's, that, what's that feeling like for a free young kid? And, and you know, <laughs> you get your, your parents saying Everton, Everton are interested. Yeah, I was um, I was playing for Moss Neal at the time. I was about I was about seven, um, but at the same time, I was like first joining Everton. I was also at Liverpool and. Um, just like training at both and it got to the age of like eight and you'd have to make a decision which one you want to sign for and stuff like that and at the time no shame in saying it being a red but Everton had the better academy um, so it was it was, a, not, like it was an easy decision really like at the time they were bringing through more players and it, I mean I knew nothing at eight years old but my dad just said it might be a better idea going there so that's how it came about for me I was playing for Mosdale yeah and uh, can you remember who was who was the scout that that, uh, that had watched you and, and uh, recommended you? Do you know? Yeah, it was it was his name's Martin Waldron. He's um, he's not at Everton now, but you know, still keep in touch and stuff. Um, speaks to speak to him every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Con, what what was your story? And was it was it Martin who also had, had scouted? Yeah, you? it was it was Martin and Tosh Tosh Farrell, obviously. Oh, yeah, both Martin, a brilliant scout. So. Yeah, I was playing for my local team, CMS Boys, which was run by my dad and John Doolan, who's like my best mate's dad now. So I was playing in the Barlow's tournament and basically just came up like what they saw and got in touch. And my brother was in the academy at the time, so I think that made it a little bit easier and then agreed to, to go up and train. And then like Ben, with the Everton Liverpool thing, that seems to be the norm at that age. I ended up then about six months later going on trial at Liverpool and ended up signing there because, as you mentioned before, Sam Liam Nolan, he was one of my best mates, still is one of my best mates, and he, he signed there. So I ended up jumping from Everton to Liverpool and then I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. I spent about three months there, wasn't really enjoying it, and then ended up leaving, missing sort of playing with my mates, playing for TMS because we had, we had a, a good team, so I ended up going back there a few years, and then a couple of years later, going back with Everton, getting back in training with Tosh and Martin, and then eventually signing under 13, so a bit of a, a rollercoaster one. 
Simon, I know you don't like to talk about your time at Everton, of course. No, we'll never mention it. <laughs> mine, mine was a, a little bit, a little bit more quirky. Was that we used to play um, footy in, in the playground at school, uh, and there was a scout at Everton called John Poland and his his son uh, Michael Poland, who who's unfortunately passed away now because he had cystic fibrosis. But he he went home uh, one night and said, you know, there's a, there's a lad who in the playground throws himself about and and seemingly enjoys going in goal. You should you should go and watch one of his games, and it sounds still like unbelievable now, but. I was playing for a team called the Breeze, and his, his dad John came down and watched me. And then I think it was—I don't know if you two had to do it as well—but they'd done like this the six-week trial kind of thing, where I was working with Kev O'Brien, who, who's now the or was working as the, the under twenty-three goalkeeping coach towards the end of last season, uh, and Keith Rees down at uh, Netherton on this little kind of square patch of grass with the other goalkeepers, uh, and and obviously similar to Connor, massive Evertonian. I remember one night we were putting the Christmas tree up here. Uh, and, and Kev rang me mum and dad and, and said you can give Sam a Christmas present and, and we're going to sign him so I, I honestly couldn't believe it at the time and getting all the gear the training gear with the Everton badge on and, and being able to wear I always remember going into the little porter cabin changes at Neverton and you just couldn't believe that you were putting the Everton kit on and, and playing for Everton and, and it was boss yeah to, but obviously at that time I'd only been playing I think I was only 8 so I think I've been playing kids footy for about 18 months so it was quite a quite a change really to, to go through that in, in, in that space of time and, and for my mum and dad as well I think that was the best part wasn't it when you get the kits at uh, the start the boss wasn't it yeah I remember being there with my brother first, first ones in there we got number two and number three <laughs> we were just buzzing with <laughs> we went on a, we went on a tour once and, and it was just as the new Everton kit was coming out and Tosh uh, we were in Guernsey and Tosh promised us if we got to the quarterfinals we could see the new Everton kit and obviously this was before the, the time of uh, the internet and stuff. And honestly, we must have played some of the best footy ever. And we got to wear the new kit in the quarterfinal. I remember being absolutely made up. It was, the, it was a green. I think it was the one when we finished fourth. It was the green goalie kit that Nigel Martin had. And I honestly thought I was like the best goalie ever at the time. It was, it was boss. You were, weren't you? I was, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> hey, yeah, you was. Hey, brings back memories there. You say, you know, like the Forster cabins and, like, say, getting the kit and going on tours and that. It was just like, ah. Uh, when you look back, you, you don't realise at the time, do you? Like, just, well, you do realise how good it is, but looking back, I see you think, really grateful for it. No, yeah, totally. Like, when you, like, you say, when you grow up, you, you look at it and go, how many kids, like, went to, like, play in. With, like, wherever we played, you know what I mean? It's, it is yeah, possible. Yeah. So just, just, just so we can give the listeners an idea of timescales, did you, did you boys all join the academy when it was at Finch Farm or, or, or the... Uh, no, the other fields? I, I joined when it was at Belfield, remember that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah it was like, I remember going when I signed and you were there, Ben. I'm sure you and Longy were the ones I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, ben was there the yeah. longest. I think Ben was. You were there when you were six or seven, weren't you? And then it was me, and then and then yeah. Connor. So so Ben, you obviously did you see? Did you go in that old gym, Connor, at Belfield, the freezing cold one? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I was just about to say that Belfield one. It was just like a. It was like a brick shell with no heat in it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Astro. The, the Astro. I don't know. I don't know if you ever played the in Astro, the Astro, but like. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was just like yeah. it was like concrete, but with like green concrete with sand on wearing it, and there was no heating in there or nothing. The gym was at the back, the physio room was yeah. at the back. It was just freezing cold. And as you're saying, no, imagine for the keeper. I remember after one Richie Richie Porters, that was the name. I think he's one of the first team physios now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember going yeah. up to him after one of them, the indoor ones in that Belfield one, and both my kneecaps were just like. Skinned, and I was like, I remember him just putting like two blue plasters on them and going like, "Go on, lad, you'll be all right." And like in school the next day, I couldn't even walk. It was absolutely brutal. Got your hands sticking to your legs. <laughs> it literally was. So um, again, just give just to give the listeners an idea of um, of, of who who were the lads that, that you were playing with at that time when you were like 10, 11, 12 Who who were the lads that everybody was looking at going? Wow, these boys are going to make it. You know, who were, were, were the obvious ones that we know about? Connor, because he made it. Yeah, Con- yeah. Connor. Uh, Todd was that Connor? Tom Molyneux. Yeah, Connor. Longy as well. Chris Long. Yeah. Long, Longy. No, we had a good team. We had a lot of 
good players and we did have good lads as well, like good, just good, good lads. It was a good, it was yeah, a team wasn't. spirit, but for me, I'd still say uh, Longy, probably the best player I, I ever played with. I mean, the stuff he could do with with both feet and the goals he'd both score, feet. and I mean, sometimes I think he'd let. Uh, you know, he was so. I think he was that good that when the team wasn't playing as well, or if he wasn't playing to the standard he wanted to, I think he could let himself down with his attitude sometimes. But the amount of times in games where you needed a goal and he scored yeah. thirty yards on oh. his left foot, his right foot, he was he was unbelievable, wasn't he? Yeah, special. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Ben and Connor, you're playing professionally now and carving out really good careers for yourselves. But how tough is it? Can you give? I mean, just because so many, so many lads will be released when they, you know, and you know, Sam spoke to me about how tough it was for him and stuff. But can you give us an idea of just? It feels like it's a really ruthless environment in many respects. Yeah, it is. Go on, that's one. No, I've, um, it is like I mean, like when you if you if you get let go, it's like, like I was saying to Sam the other like when. I've done something similar to Sam a few weeks ago and like when you when you let go it's like you, you just all, all you're doing is you're going and playing footy you're not thinking about anything else when you get let go you, you literally have no idea of what to do and stuff like that like I know we, we used to get taken out of school remember that when we used to get taken out like a day and a half a week yeah and I think ours was like the first one to do that first year did. yeah yeah and um, we'd go in and I think it was like was it a Wednesday and, and a Thursday at, at a Thursday, day and a half yeah. Yeah. And like my 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 school basically like my, my school work just was not existent then because I was just like, Oh my god, I'm going out all the time, like playing footy in that and then um yeah, I got let go so killed me off really but <laughs> similar it's a it's a different story for, for Connor and similar for Sam for me, but and it's just yeah, I think it is such a it's a ruthless sport, a ruthless business and the more older you get the more you realise that and you, you yeah. have to accept that that is part of football when you're a kid all you're doing is playing football because you love it but then as that comes fortunately I spent once I signed under 13 I spent another 10 years at Everton which is unbelievable and I'm so like proud of in a way so like when I got released it was sort of my time was up and it was up probably a year before that but the right move hadn't come up and there was a couple of times where I was maybe going to be leaving. I got a move to Plymouth, which was cancelled, which wasn't great <laughs> at all. That got put back. So it's just, it's difficult. And unfortunately, you have to accept that part of it and become stronger from it. And yeah. I'm fortunate that I didn't really get let go at a younger age where I've had friends who have been. And you can see it's affected them. Yeah. And I'm sure after you get released that there's the support mechanism in place to actually help people. I think it's more you're a piece of meat. Okay, you've been released. Thanks for coming. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. As a as a kid it's different to being like, like the 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 way football is as a kid, like you get going in the harbour deal, but then when you're an adult and like it's, that's your life then that's how you make an income it's like so cutthroat like you say isn't it it's yeah it's mad. but as, if you sign as, as I always said sort of if you sign a contract it's it's what you're signing up for in a way like yeah. my dream has always been to be a footballer so you have to learn as much about that football and it's not necessarily just on the pitch yeah. it's off the pitch as well so if you sign a contract ultimately you have to sort of accept what comes with it whether it's good or bad I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there, though, Connor, as well. And and I think a piece of meat is the the right way to describe it. And obviously, why I've got so much respect for for you boys, and you know, and anyone who listens to these podcasts know, you know, Matty Pennington as well, a, a close mate, and the, the the hard work and the dedication you've put in, even when things, you know, it's so easy for people to look and go, you play for Everton or you play for X team and get paid X amount of money, but. Not a lot of people see what you go through sometimes when you're not in the team or when things aren't working out your way. And, and, and you know, it's not like you can just go, oh, I'm not playing this week, so I won't go into training and I won't sacrifice all the things you do that, you know, us as, as quote, normal people kind of can do. Do you know what I mean? And as you're saying, that getting released, I think, I, I look back now and think I was lucky to get released at the age that I was just because it made me realise, you know, take a step back and look at lads like yourselves and think, 
I'm nowhere near as good as them and, and go and focus on doing other things. But as you're saying, Connor, you know, some of the, the work that I do in non-league footy round here in Liverpool, you see lads do a brilliant footballers, but left Everton and Liverpool at 17, 18, 19 and they don't know what to do next and, and can go through some really, yeah. really hard times. You're, you're putting everything into it, aren't you, to be to be that player, to be to live your dream and I'm not sure when it, if it doesn't happen that the backup plan's there because and then you think, well, if you don't put as much evidence with footy, well it's not gonna work out, is it? Yeah. So you sort of do have to go all in in order to try and to try and achieve get everything out of it. Yeah. It's you know, almost saying like it feels like a little bit of a gamble almost, even at that young age you kind of have as you say, go all in and you may have to compromise on, on school a little bit because you want you want footy to work. Yeah, yeah, I agree there with what Connor was saying. You can't like, you can't, you sort of can, but you can't like go into it thinking, oh, if I if I do all right at footy, but then I can kind of do this on the side. You can't do that. You've literally got to like, like you say, go all for it, or you you don't really you won't make it as far as you want to make it. Really, so it's hard. Yeah. Well, let's. and Sam, you, you, you jump in whenever you want here, pal. But let's, you know, something that you wanted to talk about and get Connor and Ben to talk about, you know, how much does the academy system play? And, and talk to me both of you about some of the coaches. You mentioned Tosh there and a few others, you know, and you smiled when you mentioned the names. Clearly, they've had impacts on the pair of you. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor, go ahead. Yeah, look, Tosh was an infectious man, a brilliant <laughs> coach. Still remember being in the gym now the four things the number one the faint number two the one faint three step over four double step roll over the ball. roll the ball. it was it was brilliant and that's why the, and then we used to do I think did we do the knockouts in the indoor outfield and it was all just practicing the basics repetition yeah. repetition and they're the things that stand you in such good stead and you say and mention people along the way there's so many people who you come across who are part of your journey. Like when I, obviously, Tosh Martin, we first 13, I think it was Gary Lewis, then Tatey, brilliant, yeah. Colin Littlejohns, under 15s, I had John Doolan, 16, Sean London. Terry McPhillips. Terry McPhillips, um, Ray Hall, Neil Juice, <laughs> Mike Dickinson. <laughs> it's just, there's so many, and then, I was fortunate in the youth team to have Big Duncan and Kevin Sheedy as my youth team and they were wow. heroes. So, like, unbelievable. It really isn't grateful for it. Yeah. Ben, is there anybody, you know, you, you know, mentioned a few names there. Is, is there a coach for you that stands out, maybe? No, I mean, the, the, first, like, the first one that jumps to mind is is, is probably Tosh because that's, that's who you'd have from when you're, like, so young, in it? And, like... I remember him telling me, like, apparently my best mate for like three, four years was a wall because he was like, if you give the wall a good pass, you'll give it a good pass back. Remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> and he was just, just kicking the ball against the wall. He was like, if you bobble a pass into the wall, the wall will bobble you a, a pass back. And it's just like, wow, that was a bit, that, that's something that sticks into my mind. Uh, but then you had like Eddie Murray as well. Remember Eddie? Yeah. yeah. Eddie oh. Murray. Um, yeah, he, he, was, he was brilliant, like with me especially. Um, and then, like you say, they're going to 13s. It was Gary and then uh, Paul Tater uh, at under 14s. And then going into 15s, that was when. Yeah, that was when my, my journey ended, really going into under 15s. That's when, that's when I got let go. Uh, I think the same time as Sam. So, like, uh, Connor will have had more, more coaches than me, but mine were. My, my, more vivid ones with the, with, with the younger age groups, definitely. I think what, what's the... Go on, just, just on Tosh, I remember speaking to him last year and and obviously speaking about it, but one of the things that really was, and Tosh mentioned that it, it could have changed a little bit now, maybe it has, but one thing that all three of us had when we were there was, and even when I spoke to him last year, Tosh, you know, it was a family and he, he, he said to himself, it wasn't just about knowing me or Connor or Ben, you know, he, he, even till this day was asking, he knew brothers' names, sisters' names, mum and dad's names, and, and that was the way it was with every coach, you know, after the game, win or lose, people like Eddie Murray, he'd have a laugh and a joke with your mum and dad, and 
you know, it, it re- you, you got so well looked after at that time in the academy, and obviously we were a bit younger, uh, and and maybe it wasn't as competitive in terms of. I think at that time we all got pretty even playing time, and you know everyone was mates, and there was no rivalries or anything like that. But but these fellas, you we know, did see that- good mates, didn't we? Exactly. We did yeah. Going on the tours. Yeah. How good are they? The tours the were tours. obviously. I mean, and all your family are coming stuff. You were in '94, weren't you, Ben? Yeah, I was. I was like. So out the tours we done it we done in like school years so like I wouldn't go on I wouldn't go and talk like Sam and Connor because like they're they're born in ninety five although we were in the same age group and um, so I'd go on, I, I'd be like the younger one of my group because I'd be with kids who were in the year above me who were born in ninety four so like in, in early ninety four uh, so I was going with like Matty and 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 people like that yeah or like or like them lads so it was. Like, the, the tours were, were just boss, weren't they? Did you ever go on? Class. I remember going on tour with Tosh once, and he used to like. Obviously, this this probably doesn't sound great nowadays, but he used to when you're in the he used to drive the bus if you were going like somewhere in the UK and we were in Guernsey, and he was like he'd proper laugh his head off like swerving the bus from side to side in the road, and all the lads were absolutely loving him in the back, and he was like, absolutely having the best time ever. And even I was talking to it, I don't know if you remember Keen McDonald, one of the older coaches of yeah, Keen's back yeah. and. Uh, I remember it, it only like two and two put together now, but looking back, you used to get up in the morning, like you'd be thinking, well, yeah, the coaches are looking a bit rough or a bit narky, and they were all on the aisle of a night, weren't we, while we were it's all in bed for like nine o'clock. Yeah, you look at it now and you go, that's why we had to be in bed by nine so they could go out and play. As Connor's saying, the friendships you'd make, you know, on, on tours especially, you know, we were all best mates anyway, and you know, Ben, the amount of times I think you must have stayed here and I stayed in your mum and dad's and stuff, so we were yeah. mates anyway. But even Connor, if you remember when we got, we were all, it was about like finding quizzes to do and playing little yeah. games and, and the PSPs were out. And, Class. and I think because we were a bit younger and it wasn't as much, no one really had the tech that probably the kids have. Now we had to make our own fun, didn't we? And the coaches had to make yeah. fun for us. But you know what we were talking about before we started recording, you know, what one that sticks out in my head, that tournament to Spain and. No, just the the boss laughs we'd have and the way we'd look out for each other and and the games and stuff was stuff that even now I can lose hours of time daydreaming about it and and the way it was with each other. Yeah, definitely. Do you remember the um, the Germany one, the Ryan Carl Cup? Oh, it was quality, that wasn't it? We share, we share the tr- we were winning. No, was it one one the game? One one the final, pen- wasn't it? And it went the penalty shootout was going on forever. And I earned this one. So I earned the, the trophy and, at like 13 all or 14 all on pens. Because, and I was just going up to take my second pen. Because I'm walking up nervous thinking, I need to score here. And the ref just goes, nah, it's cancelled it. Couldn't <laughs> believe it. I remember <laughs> uh, I took my pen at like, obviously, it must have been, I think, 9 or 10 all. And I remember like the two coaches, they were already in discussions saying like, Come on, the keepers are taking it now. Should should we cancel? And I was just like, yeah, I should probably cancel it. There, you know, but he's not, not feeling this. I remember I slipped over and I took mine, but somehow the I don't still to this day. I think the keeper just felt sorry for me and dived out the way. But it, it just trickled yeah, like yeah. like something off a film. It just trickled into the corner. It was it was boss. But that was it. I think it was a good tournament. We beat a few a few good teams. On, we went there on, twice. On. I I said I remember. I'm yeah. Sure we did. Yeah, we did. We went back to Celtic. Yeah. Celtic, like the junior team, they brought all their fans were just singing Celtic songs all game. And when we knocked Celtic that? out, did we, we knocked Celtic out, so basically the Celtic fans then became our fans. I remember we were playing Athens, it was, in the semi-final, it was 1-0, and they had a free kick on the edge of the box. I remember I, I saved it, like it was down low in the corner, grabbed it, and the ref blew his whistle, and it was like, it was like being a professional footballer, all these Celtic fans <laughs> running on, they had the drums and the... The flags and the whistles singing the Everton song and on on those tournaments you, you did feel like a proper little professional because you had to you know obviously look after yourself and get to bed early and you you'd get fed all the right foods and but I was, I was talking to Matty about this we were ten eleven before these games and I don't know about you lads but before matches you know my knees and stuff were, were trembling and because you were so near oh, yeah. a quarter final against Arsenal or. You know, you wanted to be ringing your mum and dad, didn't you, at the end of the night saying, we've won it or we've done this. And the nerves yeah. before some of the matches, I remember being unbelievable at the time. Yeah, oh, definitely. You just want, want to win, don't you? You want to do well. If your family was there, you just want to make them proud. And, no, yeah. it was special times, but definitely, definitely nerves as well. 
saying there about being nervous and stuff, I think because I mean, no offense, like some of the teams that we play every week, but like say you you play against like I don't know Birmingham or you go down and then you play against like Middlesbrough or whoever it is you're playing, you're playing against them every season. But then when you go on tour, you find out oh, who we're playing on this tour. Oh my god, we're playing against Roma, and you're like. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, yeah. Atletico Madrid. Yeah, Atletico, and you, you're like, wow, well, we're playing against some, bit, like, we're only Everton. That, that's what, like, like, little Everton against, like, Roma or Madrid or something yeah, like that. We're like, hey, we're Everton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember when they like, used to have to share the coach to the, um, to the to the matches with like another team, so there's usually two or three teams on a coach of a, oh of a game. And we used to be at the back, didn't we? Proper getting the Everton songs going, like. The, but the coaches would proper get into it, like Tosh's have us singing, like, and it's a grand old team at the back of the bus. Yeah. So, but, and it, but it used to get you up for the games in a weird way, didn't it? It used to be like that kind of thing. Then you'd go in and you'd be like, right, I pro I proper want to beat these now, and uh, it was it was just boss, wasn't it? Definitely. Do you remember going to Spain and seeing Z- Zidane? Yeah, with that photo somewhere is uh, it's, it's up somewhere in the house. So anyone who comes to me and dad's house first of all, I used to be up on the wall. Oh yeah, there's a few. There's one of uh, there's one. No, no one listening can see this, but that's me. And, that's me at a tournament in Spain. Little play, little player of the season award, which we can touch on if we if we need to later on. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You've all, I think you've all mentioned um, your, your parents in this. How um, how much of a sacrifice did your parents have to make, and do they have to make to be to give you know a player in the academy everything they need, and it's you know taking to training five six times a week, you know all. The, all hours and stuff. I mean, how much of a strain is it on them? Yeah, it's massive. It's, it's probably bigger than it is on us. Yeah, I'd say because you, we're the ones who get to just go and play footy, just go and enjoy ourselves. But over the years, if you think of the amount of training that you do, probably you're probably there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You probably get Friday off and then Saturday, Sunday you'll be there, or one of them two days. Yeah, and that's every week. Mm. And it's just relentless, and the higher you go, the more the more you do. And so, for them, and that's what I was saying about maybe the the support mechanism. If you don't make it, then for the parents and stuff, it must be even worse because they they don't they sacrifice so much. And I know for for me personally, what my dad, my mum, my brother, what they've all done for me to get me here. It's never just you. It's it's a team effort and. Like I'm unbelievably grateful for it, but I just think I'm not sure how much support is there in terms of if, if it doesn't go well and yeah. even when it goes well, the strains and the stresses are still massive. What yeah. um the the two thing obviously two things that that stick in my head about both your mums and dads actually was there was one time when uh, my dad. Uh, somehow managed to cut his finger off in work and Ben's mum picked me up from training and I remember it being like I was like where's my dad Vicky and she was like oh he's sound he's sound and as we were getting closer to the house I was like something doesn't feel quite right here and I remember like uh, your mum just being dead casual um, and just as I got off the car she was like oh by the way your dad's in hospital and I was like sprinting towards towards the house but it, it was that way that you know parents had, you know the amount of times your mum took took me to train and Ben and, and, and probably vice versa yeah. and you'd stay in the house and, and there was a time Connor with your dad as well when I think it was towards the end of, of Everton when I wasn't really playing as much and I think we, we'd had a funny training session or something like that and we were having a laugh and I remember coming off and, and Brendan saying to me I like I think it was just something something dead nice of like I love I love watching you train Sammy you know you're always having a laugh with the lads and stuff and I remember walking off the pitch that day and feeling just feeling great about myself again. You always had that character about you, didn't you? You've still got it now, like... Yeah, just, like... Uh, honestly, like, I, I say this all the time, like, just... Like, you, you just are that kind of character, it is. It's, 
But the the effect Don't then that ev- everyone's mum and dad did have and stuff, and as you're saying, Connor, it's tough, isn't it? Because you know y- your mum and dad go from being told he's going to be this and he's going to be that and he's he's going to play for Everton or he's he's going to do this to you know being the one who has to tell you you're getting released. And I think as you said, the how my mum got all my footy kits washed and stuff for me for seven eight years, that training six seven times a week and. As you yeah. were saying, I don't quite know if the support system's there for, for everyone when, when that kind of dream is over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll, 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 go on, Ben. Sorry, mate. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I agree. It is hard for them. Like, I suppose like, if you get let go, it must feel like wasting time for them, mustn't it? And like, everything was kind of not, not pointless, but I suppose it kind of might, might feel like that for them. And, you know, it's like getting home from work. Like, we'd, we'd have training at, like, Six o'clock or something, six to eight, and then so, and me mom or my dad, whoever it'd be, come home, just literally take the work clothes off and take me straight back out. Or if we had to be at Birmingham away on a Sunday kickoff, we'd have to meet at seven o'clock, and my dad will have been out getting pissed the night before, and he has to wake up and go over and take me or my mom, whoever, and get in from work after a night shift. And it's uh, we're in a way we're the lucky ones, aren't we? Because we yeah, get to pick them all around. At, at the time, we, we like you said before, and you're just waking up, you're going playing footy, and that's it. But when you're an adult now, you look back and you think, wow, it was like it was heavy for them, weren't it? I think yeah. that's the only thing now is to be able to look back. You've got now, yeah, that's what I mean. Like I look at it in a different way now, completely. So, maybe you one day, Ben, washing those kits, oh, taking, know, taking yeah. them to train six nights a week. Yeah, uh, he'll never be as good as me, though, so it's not. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, I mean, I, but that's, that's another way to look at it. Like, because of the experiences that I've had, like, like my, my dad had never had, um, like, an academy experience or whatever, but because I've had that experience now, I, I, I'll know, kind of, how to kind of maybe not guide him through it, but, like, maybe give him, like pointers along the way and stuff like that so I suppose it could work in, in, in my favour if that ever happens if he doesn't even want to play footy he might, you know, he might want to go and play I don't know kicker or something let him do whatever he wants I won't force anything on him but if he does then it'll be good for me to be able to have that experience to guide like I said yeah. Yeah. in terms of now obviously all adults and you can look back as you've mentioned like in a different perspective have you ever spoke to your parents about how they dealt with the expectations, their own expectations of having their their, their son picked up by Everton and, and, and that there? Because they all have hopes and dreams, and as much as they would want to try and keep their feet on the ground, it can't be easy in that respect. No, I don't think so. I think, in my respect, I think I'm surrounded by a lot of people who have been involved or in and around football, so I think that's helped a lot. And but. I spoke to me dad quite a lot on it, my mum, and you don't, you don't really know if it's right or wrong, or if it's good or bad, or if it's going to be worth it. You just sort of, you just go with it, mm-hmm. and you're open bit by bit, you'll get better, and then it will be worth it in the long run, but you don't know, and that's the thing, and you've just got to sort of keep going. And like, when we're in training, we're not really thinking at 11, 12, 13, maybe... You're not literally looking 10 years down the line, are you? just turn up every day to training. You're yeah. trying to enjoy it as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. In, um, so, I, I think, you know, and we, we touched on it at the start about, you know, the, the, the difficult moment when, when the club at various stages of your careers um, released you and, you, and you and you spoke about the difficulties. Is it, you know, there's, there's many examples of players who've been at academies and, and haven't come back up through any systems and, and, and probably aren't playing football at any sort of level now. In that On that day when they say, your time's up, um, we're releasing you, I mean, what does it feel like? How difficult is it to even kind of get your head around? It's hard, but not, not going to lie, because, like I say, I'd, my, my grades in school, I knew were going down and um, it was... The, the reason I got I got told the reason I was getting let go it was never it was never me football it was it was always me me size like I was and I still am now quite slim but like for me to be told are oh, you getting let go because of your size it was like that was even worse because there's nothing I could do about it 
So um, that, that that was quite hard. Uh, so yeah, I think it's at our, obviously it's going to be different for for Connor being a bit older, but at our age, it's because such a big part of your yourself and your, your character. You know, a lot of people. I went to Allsop, which is a massive school, but I think more than a thousand kids in. It was never, you know, at that age, you, you were the lad who plays for Everton. You know, that that was the way people yeah, knew, the, the way yeah. you looked at yourself was, you know, not in a way that you were better than anyone else, but just, you know, this is what I do six nights a week. I, did, I had friends in school, but I didn't have time to see anyone else at school. So I had, you know, these lads here, I had lads, other lads who maybe I'd, I'd go and stay in theirs on a weekend or something, but they were all from the academy my, my whole life revolved around the academy and you know the the rug is literally pulled from beneath your feet in a split second because in that one word of yes or no you, you go from being the academy player to not the academy player and, and I think it was just, it, it's a sense of of being lost a little bit because you know you only you only know Everton and you only know playing for them going to Netherton and Finch Farm and then you know those first few months are, uh, was as Ben said really tough and you know for me as well a, a massive Evertonian to the night you know I've spoken to a few people about her and, and the night you do get told is st- still even now 10 years later still one of the worst nights of my life from 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 being told that decision so you know you, you do in, at a very young age have to kind of rebuild your sense of who you are and I think that we've touched on a few times but that sense of support is something that I think all Premier League clubs probably have to look at because it's, it's such a hard time in your life yeah, I, I think, like, it's got worse now because, I mean, you never really heard of, like, kids at, like, the age of 13 being bought for money or, like, moving, like, the whole family's moving house and moving cities and stuff. So, like, if, if that happens to, like, a kid now, mm. it's, like, so, it'd be so hard because, like, I, like you say there, I remember vividly the day of being let go. Like, I don't know if you were the same, but, like, you, you were never allowed into the parents' meetings, were you? Yeah. So, so like... My mum or my dad would come home and say, oh, yeah, you've been kept on or you haven't been kept on. And like I remember sitting in front of the fire and I was eating the beans on toast on it today. <laughs> just like sitting there, my mum comes back and goes, you've not been kept on. And from there, I was just like, that, that, it, was, it was a killer. So, um, and like you say, you, get, you go from in school, I mean, not, not that it's all, like a, it's not like a popularity thing or anything like that, but you have people who who like are like oh you play for Everton or you know this and that and like people like are like really happy for you or like are around you and that and then like say when you when you don't play for Everton no more it's just like no one was asked and you know what I mean it's just like yeah it's really yeah, obviously I think I've been a lot more fortunate in that mine's come at a a lot later stage and yeah I don't know how I'd have reacted if. It come at an earlier stage, but I've been fortunate that it hasn't. And mine was more of a it was an expectancy. So in the January before, I was I was basically leaving anyway. I was going to Plymouth, but that move got cancelled, and then I ended up having to come back and play in the twenty threes for like four or five months. Which looking back was probably the toughest part of my career so far, just because you know it's doing nothing for you. You can't really get any benefit from it. So, but. As I said, like I'm fortunate that it hasn't happened earlier on, and, and like a fear for the lads. And I've got friends from school who, who had that and got released at sixteen or eighteen, and then they find it difficult afterwards because it it is it's very tough, and you don't know what you sort of out of the football bubble and then into the into the unknown, aren't you? So yeah. you know it's tough. Was it con for you, you know, because obviously you'd been involved in that Europa League squad and, and, and maybe, you know, there would have been periods where you felt like you were getting close to, to cracking that first team ceiling, if you like. Does that, does that make your leaving the club perhaps difficult in a different way because you thought maybe at one stage it was going to happen? Yeah, there was probably one or two times where I genuinely thought it was, it was going to happen, it was close and possibly an injury or opportunity hasn't come my way and but I'm not really one to look back and have regret, regrets and stuff. I just think that's what my journey was at that time and yeah, it's it's difficult that you think it may be a what if but again you can control that with your thoughts and your mind and how you how you view things. I'm I'm grateful that I got the opportunity to work with a lot of great players 
great managers, coaches and stuff. So and I've, I'm able to take that on forward with me in my career and with the ambitions of, you know, returning to that stage. For all three of you, when you were younger, how much before obviously it becomes um, you, you, you're moving into sort of that, that senior circle at Everton? When you were younger, how much of an interest did the managers at first team level at the time take an interest? Did they ever come and watch you train? Were they, they ever around when you were, you were training or anything like that? You'll know more, Connor, I mean, I suppose from like 16 to stuff onwards, I suppose you get looked at more, don't you? But um, I just, that, when we were kids, we had that one pre-season session did we we were always changed at the first team like you had a couple of players come down and, and like they used to get involved like I don't know I can remember like dribbling the ball with David Weir and shooting at Nigel Martin and stuff so like you had like one session when you were a kid but that was like as, as good as it probably got for us because when me and Sam were 13, 14 nearly 15 you're not really getting I suppose looked at by the senior team or anything like that so um, but Connell probably no more yeah no I'd say you, you are and obviously when I was 16, 17 David Moyes was the manager so it was mm-hmm. it was more chance of the kids coming through I'd say and it was more probably closer and things like that so I think Moyes always had a good relationship with Stubbsy and then a bit further down so they were all, they're always speaking all the coaches are always speaking so ultimately it's on you to deliver and it's every day it's every day in training the games and then trying to progress and build up but I'd say some managers probably more than others but at the end of the day if you're good enough they'll play you Did you feel like that, that with Roberto there was there was, a, there was obviously you included in that, that squad as I mentioned earlier for the, for the Europa League game did you feel he was quite he was maybe keener than, than others giving the young players an opportunity Yeah I'd say so and that was definitely the stage where I got closest that stay and the circumstances maybe go a little bit differently then I might have got the opportunity but again it's not something I look back on with regrets I still enjoyed my time and I've learned a lot of lessons from it you become stronger from them lessons so great his style of football definitely suited me probably more than, than others and I felt like I was flourishing under his training regimes and things like that. So, but yeah, that's just is what it is. But Ben, tell us a bit more about about. So you you released by the football club, and you and you you want to stay in footy and you want to rebuild. Just tell us a little bit about where you went from and and how you sort of um, got stayed in the game and has since progressed back up up the ladder. Yeah, crazy really. Like I genuinely thought it was over, but. I didn't play footy for like a team for like six months or so and then um, same before I got more still a, a lad who um, I played there with when I was like seven just got in touch and was like drunk and play for our team no you've been let go and after like six months of I was literally only playing for the school I was like oh, know, I'll give it a go sort of thing and then from there um, started playing for Finn Arp Sam remember yeah yeah um, Sam played yeah. for like the Saturday team and I was playing for the Sunday um, and then from there I went to uh, I got invited up to training at Vauxhalls when they were like Conference North before they went bust um, and then was I was there Carl like, McCauley was that? Was he was Carl the manager at the time yeah. he was the manager but like, I, I was just training at like the 17s and 18s yeah. in, their, in their team and then after the the first 17s year I was training with the reserves and then so I was, I was sort of playing like with men, with men from like the age of seventeen, nearly eighteen, and um, going from being let go like two years before that for being too small to then playing with men. It was like it was a, it was a it it helped me to be fair. I'd say that's what really did um, really did help me. So I was doing that, and then when Vauxhalls went bust, I um, I went to train at Witness, who are now in like the Evo ticket, I think. But at the time, you were in the Northwest County, so it was like the bottom tier of like, so the, I think it was tier ten of of ten. So like, it was a it was a long way down. And then I was also playing Sunday League at the same time for a team called the Seymour, who yeah. were a, a good Sunday League team. My dad's mate ran it, 
and uh, I just wanted to play with men and play with men's football as much as I can from like a young age because that me dad said it would help me being um like you know get used to it with my size and stuff and then all of a sudden from nowhere I had a growth spurt scam signed me from witness and then from out of nowhere I got um I got a phone call saying he's gonna go for a trial down at Portsmouth and I was working with my dad sitting windows and it was just like it was it was a crazy like two or three years and um, like I say went from went from like playing with reserves footy at seventeen to in the conference north to um Portsmouth. Yeah. And obviously as you said now Blackpool and in uh, it was Macclesfield, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, when I, got, I went to Portsmouth and then from Portsmouth um, I, I loved it there it was just at the time I was like because they took a chance on me I was like bottom but I felt like I was playing well so I was never really like you, you, I mean you have lads there on like a lot of money so they're obviously going to play ahead of you um, but like, I, I, was, I was playing well but I was just never really getting the chance that I thought I probably should have got um, so then I went on loan to Tramia and done really well and sent me a bought me from Portsmouth. Um that was going brilliant and then unfortunately I had like a bad year of injury. Um and then from there went to Blackpool and um now Maxfield so but yeah it was, it was mad like when when people say, Ah oh, did you get a footy you never really believed that like I was like fitting windows and <laughs> like that so Class. It was, uh, it was yeah. I remember. I remember being halfway up a ladder and just getting a phone call. Um, can you get down to Portsmouth for a trial on when? Uh, get the train down on Wednesday. And I just got off the phone. I said, "Dad, I need a week off." My um, dad's like, "Yeah, go ahead." <laughs> anyway, went on track, went on trial, never turned back to work. My dad, so he's devoted. He's lost his. Uh, he's lost his best labour. <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant. Con, in terms of before before you did leave for, for Plymouth, obviously you went on a number of loans. How is that loan experience? Because we see we even see now lads Everton are on loans. Some lads are on fourth or fifth loans at Everton. Career. Is it a valuable experience, or is it or is it a lonely experience? What, what's what's it like? I think initially it's you need it unless you are literally the next one in in terms of getting into the first team. I think you need it. I needed it at my stage because I wanted to go the year before but I had a, a stress fracture in my back and that sort of halted that a little bit. But it's so important. The more you look back on it now, it's so important to get them games in early doors in your career. And just yeah. as Ben says, build momentum, playing against men physically every week and understanding that part of the game. And if you can get more of that in early doors, it will stand you in good stead. It is so but different, isn't it? I don't men at like a young age yeah I went on five and in the end the last couple were sort of they were just I was just going alone because I was going alone it just had to go somewhere so it wasn't really maybe a development thing in terms of then to come back in the first team it was more I was under contract and I needed to go and play some football somewhere yeah. so the first couple first two or three were more development and then in the end Whereas I was saying maybe your, your time's up. Yeah, I think you'll see by your own moves how sort of your time is viewed at the club and sort of where where they see you. So in the end, probably not as beneficial, and you need to find that home and find get settled and get playing games. Okay, um, I was. I mean, unless uh, unless there's anything else, Sam, you wanted to add, I was going to going to wrap up with a final question for the lads. But is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't touched on? No, probably just now. My thing is maybe similar to what Ben had, but in a few years you'll be sitting here thinking, two years ago Sam was a journalist and now he's in the England squad. So going to be a guy before he's in here. You never know, Sam. I'm not being funny, but you could have. You've, you've inspired me. You've inspired me to get back into it. <laughs> I was gonna say something a bit mean then, but you're an Everton fan, so I won't. I won't. I won't go. <laughs> I was gonna say you could. I was gonna say you could do a better job than Pickford, but you never know. <laughs> um, just, just before we wrap up, then um, Ben, I'll go to you first, and then I'll, I'll ask Connor the same question. If there's if there's a, a lad in the academy at Everton now, maybe you know 10, 11, 12, what, what advice would you give them? Tough one, man. Um, I'll let you go first, Connor, so I can think. 
I'd say if it's obviously at that age, maybe you don't necessarily know what you want completely. But if you are in the academy and you feel that's what you want to do, then give everything to it and make the sacrifices because ultimately it can be the most rewarding thing in the world and the best job in the world. Of course, it's got its difficulties, but if you can and you feel you want to do it, then go all in and then you can't have any regrets really. Yeah, yes, yeah, a similar sort of thing. I mean, when we were younger, we always got told, "Oh, yeah, you're going to play for Everton," but always have, always have in the back of your mind that it might not, it might not work out. Um, so you've got to give everything if you if you want that to happen. You've you've, you've got to give everything, but also just like prepare yourself for just in case, in case it can't. Like not not saying like you know go and do these courses and stuff and like take your time away from football. Just you know always have in the back of your mind that. It, it might not work, but I hope for anyone anyone going through academies and stuff that it does it does work out for them. Brilliant, lads. That's been Bill. Really enjoyed uh, listening to your stories, Sam. Any, anything you want to add before we uh, before we close? No, but just just say even doing this today just makes you realise if if you are listening to this and you've you've got a kid or a family member or or someone in the academy system now to to tell them to enjoy even just the, the social side of it as well. You know, the, the nights when, remember they used to like take us bowling at Christmas and stuff like that, but even just little things like that, like chats we'd have off the pitch, staying in each other's hours on a weekend and, you know, the laughs in the changing rooms you'd have with each other to, to always just make sure they enjoy it off the pitch as, as much as they do on the pitch because, you know, that's where even now, you know, you're lucky to always be able to, to call lads like Ben and Connor mates and, you know, always when the footy's on and you're watching Soccer Saturday on a, on a shift in work, you're always made up to, to see your names popping up when you're uh, scoring goals or, or getting sent off or whatever you're up to that weekend. So, yeah, that's the, that's the best part for me now. Brilliant, well said, Sam. Yeah, lads, really, uh, really appreciate your time and, uh, and your stories and your honesty and uh, really brilliant and uh, all the best for, for next season when uh, when it gets up and running again. Definitely. Yeah, nice one. Cheers, nice lads. One. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.